0: Episode thirty-four of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host Floyd Johnson, and with me today is the one, the only pain maker, (laughs) Amy. Amy, oh how you doing, Amy?
1: I am doing fantastic, and I am probably the most giggly pain maker you will ever see.
0: Ever. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes, uh, honestly, we should start the show with that. I mean, what just happened? I mean, it just happened like within an hour, right? It's like it hasn't even been an hour yet. Just like an hour
1: ago. Okay, so I, right now, am currently recording this podcast in full Painmaker cosplay. I have a scarf. I have a Jericho shirt that I have altered by cutting it off the sleeves and the collars and putting eyelets on there, and it looks super cool. But I also have a full face of Painmaker Jericho makeup. And I posted this on Twitter because I was super excited about it. And Jericho just retweeted it, like, I want to say almost an hour ago. And he said, looks great. Can you do my makeup next time? And I'm just like, ah, yes. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. I'm so excited. I'm so happy he saw it. But, like, this is an awesome look. And for anybody out there who wants to do, like, a wrestling look for Halloween, the best thing about the Painmaker look is that for anybody who knows it's like a secret handshake and it's really cool. But if anybody doesn't know, you just look like a deranged clown and you know, it works both ways.
0: <laughs> yeah, um his makeup was inspired by Clockwork Orange. So Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, the people from Clockwork Orange, uh, you know, I I I am of semi-regular listener to Jericho's podcast but I did hear the show where he said he just wanted to look like the guy he wanted to look deranged and crazy and you know he's a big movie buff I'm like I think I know a lot about movies but Jericho like remembers everything about every movie he's ever seen and he can just like you know Clockwork Orange and characters he will remember the character's name and then the actor's name and everything they've done Uh, he has this really crazy memory and yeah He was talking about Clockwork Orange, and I I remembered the characters from Clockwork Orange, but he was like, yeah, I just wanted to bring that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, it worked. It worked because you look really crazy.
1: Absolutely. Well, and it makes a lot more sense because I had no idea where he he got the look inspiration from. And so this whole time, I honestly had this low-key thought that maybe it was like Insane Clown Posse oriented, and I was like, that's weird, but okay the clockwork orange explanation makes so much more sense because it does give him this deranged look and it fits perfectly with the painmaker persona because that's literally what the whole concept of that movie was about. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I just kind of wanted to be like the leader, uh, whatever the guy leader, he said the guy's name. He's like, I wanted to be like, I want Alex. Be him. Yeah. He's like, I wanted to be him, but with kind of, toned up to the wrestling audience, so it ended up, like I said, it worked out, and you did an amazing job, your makeup does look better than his, I mean, not even kidding,
1: Thank you very much. Uh-huh. I wanted to do like a legit makeup spin on it. So there was there's I, I think 15 different colors on my eyes alone. And I think but um, underneath the clown paint where the spikes are, there's about three different colors of blended purples and pink. So yeah, I, w- I spent a lot of time on that. And it was just it it makes me really, really happy to do like a makeup inspired Painmaker, maker look i'm thrilled
0: yes <laughs> i actually I, went to, i went to starbucks in it <laughs> yes if people follow you on twitter about a month ago you put start putting out how you wanted to kind of bedazzle shirts and make them you know i guess more girly i don't know if yeah. there's another way to do it and then you know you had people jackie and uh, all the people started replying with their different tips and you know it, it, it i guess that kind of led to this, right? I don't know.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's actually what the inspiration was. Cause I had this shirt and really wanted to deck out this Jericho shirt in a real metal kind of way. So I have like several eyelets that, um, I cut through on the shoulders. I've sewn like a studded collar on this shirt. So it looks like eighties metal rock. And, yeah, that's very much the thing. Like, I love wrestling shirts. They're really cool. They're really fun to wear. But they're all the same sort of style. Like, it's that that men's shirt where it's a very close collar. And, man, I'm a girl. I want to have fun and be fashionable with this. So this has been a really great way to do it. And, honestly, the next pay-per-view we go to, I'm probably just going to rock the pain maker again because I love this.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, it works. It, it works. It definitely works. I saw it, and I was like, so she she did it and i was like that was really cool right, thank I like, you
1: very much
0: yeah and then i was like like him retweeting it it was like oh, what did that actually happen that's so cool i feel like i just peeked
1: on twitter and that the thing is that we're going to be better
0: than this moment right now <laughs> Do you know you have <laughs> those type of moments it's just like yeah. <laughs> with me it's always a snappy comeback to someone saying stupid stuff and then it's like you know what I'm just going to end the conversation I'm not replying anymore because I did as good as I can right now so I'm good yep
1: (laughs) that's top of the moment it's over (laughs) Well, we've got some great stuff to cover, though, too, this week. And Jericho is obviously going to be a hot topic of our conversation. So, man, let's hit rolling on this.
0: Yes. Start the show by reminding you... that this episode as in each episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV where you can get access to over 4000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code social suplex you get the first month free. The big news of the week and I'm pretty sure this is the last week this is going to be the big news. You go ahead and tell them about it, Amy.
1: Oh man, you put me on the spot. What do we got? What's uh, our big news? Uh,
0: the AEW viewers, we destroyed <gasps> NXT once again. The viewers yes. did drop. <laughs> yes, the viewers did drop. But uh, I was listening to Voices of Wrestling. He's like, with the World Series and NBA, it'll be a miracle if uh, AEW. Uh, he's like, it'll be a miracle if AEW gets over nine hundred and fifty thousand. They are yes. very intelligent people on the voices of wrestling. So I was like, okay. So they kind of prepared me. AEW nine hundred and sixty-three thousand. So apparently, a miracle happened this weekend because uh, I think we're getting towards our. I think we're getting towards our floor. Yes, because this absolutely. is probably the smallest percentage we've lost. So I think. It's going to settle around 900,000 and above is going to be the fan base week to week. And I think TNT, uh, as in listening to Dave, the number's always been 500,000. So if they can settle around an average of 900,000 and that be it going forward, like that's the bottom, I think they'd be very happy with that.
1: Oh, absolutely. But I also think that you know, if we're looking at something like 900,000, I think that's really going to be when we have – Other major sports action happening because this 960,000 viewer level was because there were two opening NBA games and Major League Baseball's World Series happening on the same night. And that's a huge takeaway for sports viewers. But on the other hand, what we've also seen is 1.4, 1.2, 1.8 million viewers even when we had you know the playoffs for baseball or we had um sort of other NBA games but when we're hitting into the NBA season I think that's definitely going to be something that takes away. I know some people mentioned on Twitter that they were watching AEW and the NBA game at the same time. So I think when we don't have those other sort of um stipulations pulling away from it I think We're going to be looking at over a million viewers each week, and I think that's a really excellent ballpark for them to be looking at. And I swear, man, the TNT executives who greenlit AEW have to be getting a bonus right now because this is the most talked about thing on their station. And I'll say for me personally, I wouldn't be buying a cable package or sling or anything like that if it weren't for AEW.
0: Yes, and I think that's something that it does get lost. How many new viewers just got cable or just got whatever package they got just to watch TNT? Like I mean, watch and watch AEW. That they're, we're not taking away from anyone else. These are people that had cut the cord. You know, your your family is are new viewers. There yes, was no stat. For, there was no stat for you 6 months ago because you weren't no. <laughs> you weren't watching cable and it's like now it's like you are watching cable so it's like well where are these people coming from? It's they're coming from nowhere because I have always said and this is just from being in different Facebook groups, being on Twitter, a large number of wrestling fans have cut the cord. A large number. And I think it's not a number enough people are paying attention to. You know, generally, they find other ways to watch WWE or AEW or whatever. Like, I'd say AEW, 963,000 people were able to be counted watching. I'd probably say close to two and a half or three million were actually watching.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think there's also a market there that's very significant of lapsed fans and I know that people talk about that a lot but I think that's that's a very big reality I mean speaking just for me personally I was a lapsed fan for 17 years before New Japan brought me in and now of course with AEW but there's a lot of people who've just kind of turned away from wrestling in and of itself because they've lost interest or life has taken over or you know maybe they don't want to devote five to seven hours a week watching wrestling. So, you know, those people who are tuning in maybe out of curiosity, maybe because they're seeing ads for all elite wrestling playing, you know, ahead of the Joker or playing during their NBA games. Those people are going, "Huh, is Jericho on my screen? What's up with that?" and going to check it out and absolutely loving it. So, I think that that market too certainly can't be understated.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely. It's just you I don't think at any point the amount of people, the amount of people that we get that they have a number for, that's watching is the, the, the amount of people that are watching. Like I said, I was tweeting and all those things, and it was the AEW dominated Twitter, you know. And I know not everybody on Twitter correlates to viewers or whatever, but it dominated Twitter on a night where the World Series. And the NBA was going on. It dominated Twitter. To the point that I posted a tweet, and I don't know if you saw this, AEW Dynamite was (laughs) trending. (laughs) It was trending because people were so excited about what they were seeing that they were leaving the N out of Dynamite.
1: Right, like there were typos. So you had AEW Dynamite trending number one in the U.S. for a long time. Yeah, You had it trending worldwide. It was floating between number three and number six. And then you also had a misspelling of it also trending on Twitter.
0: Yes, so that means a large number amount of people (laughs) were doing this. I even did it once. Like on all my tweets I counted, I was like, I did it once. And I was like... Because you know when you start typing in hashtag AEW, it starts filling it in, and it filled in dynamite for me. <laughs> so you had to
1: manually yes <laughs> put in dynamite. dynamite.
0: Yeah, dynamite. It was it was crazy. It was another good night. But we're today we're gonna I guess we're gonna start with what uh, what did we say? What does the rundown? We've like?
1: got. AEW Dark. And so this is the thing that is so exciting and really revitalizing fans is that you've got these two nights back to back of thrilling, action-packed wrestling. And before we get into AEW Dark and its rundown, I really, really want to express a heartfelt appreciation to every fan out there who attends an AEW Dynamite show and gets to see these really great AEW Dark matches. Because on Twitter, we see so many people talking about who was in the match or that the match was really great or that it was absolute fire, but none of you are spoiling the matches. And I just want to say, keep that up because it is so awesome to feel that energy and get hyped for a show that we get to see on Tuesdays that you've already seen, but it still gets to be a surprise for us. So that's awesome. Shout out to all of you guys.
0: You are all the real MVPs because spoilers, I mean, kind of ruin wrestling at times. I have, you know, like, I have, I, I was fortunate enough, and I'm just using these matches as an example, is to see Omega and Okada, all the matches, unspoiled. And I think why they are the greatest matches ever is because they weren't spoiled. But I also saw, I fig- forget it was like an NEW show, where Kenny Omega and Pentagon, like, tore down the house, but I would already know who, who won. So it was just like... I wanted to be like, oh, five stars, but it takes a little bit out of it when you already it, know uh, who wins. It takes that anticipation of a result.
1: It does. And, you know, it's it's easy to say, oh, we'll stay off of social media then the day of the show. That's, that's fine and well on Wednesdays or even Thursdays. If you haven't seen it, you stay off of social media until you get there. But if you got to wait a whole week, oh, man. So you guys are, are awesome. And we really, really appreciate that. Um, With that said, let's jump into this week's AEW Dark card because this was one of my favorite episodes of AEW Dark. And the reason for that is this very first match. This was Joey Janela versus Brandon Cutler. And the reason why I loved this match was because I got to see two people who are new to me with AEW shine in a completely different light. This felt like both of them getting a chance to kind of have an exhibition style match, but with technical wrestling. So with Brandon, we've kind of seen him in opening battle royales or, or kind of crowded moments on pre-shows of of AEW pay-per-views. And Joey Janela, we've seen with his hardcore match style. But this, we got to see a lot of of groundwork. We got to see a lot of uh, ring technician stuff. We got to see a lot of grappling. We got to see really cool moves from Brandon Cutler. And I felt like this was one of the perfect examples of what Dark could be which is a way to practice and showcase their talent but let them try new things and let us see them trying new things.
0: Yeah, absolutely um big thing for me going into that first match was Taz was on the announcing table in Philadelphia. I thought that was so cool. I was I'm a huge Taz fan, but him calling this match and it was just like Janella has said many many times I'm not just a hardcore guy. I'm not just a deathmatch guy. I can wrestle. And he had a wrestling match with Brandon Cutler. I have a friend that really hates Brandon Cutler for some reason, like just doesn't think Brandon Cutler is very good. And I'm like, I've watched Brandon Cutler like four or five times. I'm like, he's not offensive. I mean, I wouldn't push him as the world champion, but he's fine to take losses. I don't know. I I don't know. Did you see anything different from Mr. Cutler? I like I like him as a person so much that I think my Brandon Cutler love glasses gets in the way. And I (laughs) love Brandon Cutler. So I don't see maybe obvious mistakes. I think his story is so amazing that I'm like all about Brandon Cutler. I just want him to do as well as possible.
1: Well, I have a well-known Brandon Cutler bias. I love Brandon Cutler. I think he's great. I love his story. I love his wife. I love that she does the the costumes for uh, the elite. But in this match, I saw the Brandon Cutler that deserved to be signed to a contract with All Elite Wrestling. That's what I saw in this match. In the other matches, I've seen a guy who can lose matches and can play like the role of a jobber, and I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I'm just saying that to highlight the difference of what I saw in this match, which was I saw flying aerial moves from him. I saw a lot of fast-paced athleticism from him. Not to the point of like Joey Janela or anything else like that, but I saw him hang with Joey Janela. I didn't feel like Joey Janela was just wrestling Brandon so he could win. I felt like both of them were wrestling to show what they could do, and I feel like they both pulled that off spectacularly.
0: Yes, I, I thought this was a well, you know, well-worked match. I mean, and it, you know, it wasn't too long, which was great. Joey Janela was the dominant person in the match, which is what Brandon Cutler's going to be. But I, I don't know if you, you grew up with wrestling when I did. Enhancement talent was kind of the heart and soul of wrestling. You know, you needed someone. Wrestling only works if if you look good. If you don't have someone to make you look good, wrestling doesn't work.
1: I feel like this is a great segue for the next match.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, just it, it just, and, and, and you know what? It honestly, there is a point there. And Joey Janela yeah. looked really good because Branley Cutler was in the right spots. He took the spots. He even did a callback to him slipping on the ropes in the match against MJF. And he slipped on the rat ropes in the match against Joey Janela, but then hit the move. And I'm just like, dude who would think of that that just doesn't happen right. you know you know a uh, 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 enhancement guy giving you know doing callbacks from his previous matches is like well his biggest mistake is always when he goes for his high flying moves you know that works cuz that's what happens in you know wrestling matches or fights or whatever i don't know but yes that is a perfect segue <laughs> yes because when you have a talented wrestler that you're trying to get over and you don't have someone that has the ability to make them look good, they both look bad.
1: Right. And the thing is with wrestling is that it takes two to tango. And in this next match, we had Nyla Rose and Leva Bates. Both of them are great performers. Um, Nyla Rose, I have loved seeing her improvement since double or nothing up until now she is incredible in the ring she's got a lot of power she's got a lot of skill she's got a ton of charisma she plays her role perfectly and on the other hand we also have leva bates who character wise and charisma wise she nails everything on the head every single time she's a great character worker that said, I, there's a clear difference in who is maybe going to practice before every show by doing things like maybe running the ropes a lot. You know, those those simple foundation moves that maybe aren't as fun and thrilling to practice but are really important to build the foundation of what you're doing because Leva's moves themselves aren't bad. They're great. She's a great wrestler. The difference is that it's it's taking an obvious difference in time, in her timing, to run across the ring. And I think it's because AEW's ring is so much larger that the amount of steps that it takes to follow through that motion is different. And I, I, I'm seeing a noticeable lack of getting to fine-tune that on that fundamental level and that makes the rest of the entire match suffer because of that small little thing i get the feeling that if Leva were able to just run the ropes repeatedly and i say this knowing that i'm not a wrestler so i'm kind of sounding like a pompous airhead (laughs) saying this but just to me that's the thing that it looks like would would improve that the most is that timing because it's really challenging when you have someone like Nyla who's running around the ring, she's doing the move, she's taking the, you know, the forearms and all of these other things, but it it doesn't look believable when it takes kind of a stumbling slow effort across the ring on Leva's part to get there.
0: Yes. Um with him, uh with her, uh Leva, you know, some people different shows I've listened to because I, I do listen to other shows that cover the elite. Uh, she is just terrible. You know That's what they're saying. I, you know, With you, you're at least trying to look at a path to get better. You know what I mean? When you try to say what you say, you said you might sound pompous. It's not. You're at least trying to say, well, I am kind of paying attention to what you're doing, and this is where I see you're failing, and this is how you help. But yeah, on those shows she's terrible. She should never even be on AEW Dark. She should never wrestle. Just let her valet for uh just let her valet for uh Peter Avalon. Me personally, I I think there's a spot for her. I think she's very good with the character work. I think she's put everything into the librarian. But She's been wrestling a while. She was blue pants in NXT like years ago and worked a major pay-per-view and then WWE never signed her. Just gonna say there's probably a reason for that. You know what I mean? I'm not like I say, I'm not saying she's horrible, but she wasn't signed anywhere. And, and it's just like she in this case, she was an enhancement talent. And exactly to our point, Nyla Rose didn't look good in this match because Leva couldn't help her look good at this point. I don't know if they didn't train together, they didn't work they didn't practice the match, but it just looked clunky and and you know, Nyla won and her power bomb looks amazing, but she has like pretty much a hitch in every one of her power bombs. She never gets the person up the first time. So it's just like she didn't look like we wanted her to look like Braun Strowman. And to use the WWE, you know, like when Braun Strowman come out, he just come out, dominate the person in less than a minute. And that's kind of what I wanted her to look like. And she didn't. And that's, I mean, to a person, me, I'm like, oh, went for Nyla Rose. It gets her back on the, it gets her back on the path to getting a title shot eventually uh, later on. But to someone that's watching that's not familiar, or if let's say one of us, You know, sent, like, we sent our uh, friend to YouTube, which is, that's really cool, because for people not cable, you can just send them a YouTube link and say, hey, here's a little bit of AEW. She probably looked like, people would come out and say, well, Nyla's not good either. You know what I mean? And I just don't think that's what you wanted in that case. I would probably, maybe not next Dark, but the Dark after that, put her in with someone else. Yes. To uh, make it and just work with Leva, you know. She's there for a reason. Leva is a pin eater. And, they're, and only can say that it's character-based. They're never going to push the librarians as legitimate wrestlers. So is there to take pins and make people look good. At some point, if you cannot take pins and make people look good, I don't know where your spot is because that's kind of what the librarians are because I don't even think they've even had a clip on the main show, right?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's mostly been uh, pre-shows and dark. Now, I I do want to say that for me, when Nyla came out, she had that Braun Strowman feel. She came out looking badass. She came out feeling badass. She came out emanating this whole vibe of power and dominance that was incredible. And I think again, this speaks to that point where it takes two to tango. And I don't think that uh, you know Leva is is, I think it's it's incredibly unkind and also short-sighted to say that she shouldn't even be in the ring. I think that that she's been hired by people who know what they're doing, by people who know how to get people over, and by people who have the resources to help. The difficult situation with that is having the time, To be able to practice in that ring before each show because there isn't a central location where AEW has like a performance center for instance and even if they did that still takes flights for people to get out there to be able to wrestle like let's say if they had one in Jacksonville to be able to practice in those rings. So for show days, it takes showing up early and hitting the ropes and practicing the moves and practicing the drill sets and really just honing that in. And I think that for a company that is based on a sort of foundation of do the work, I think it really is going to come down to who is out there to elevate themselves the most in the role that they have because AEW can throw them a contract, AEW can throw them a show, AEW can have them on a pay-per-view, but it takes the wrestlers to be able to make the time and the commitment and really have the self-awareness to figure out the things that it is, that, they, that they need to work on and really hone that in. And I think Leva could do that. I would love to see her do that. And I hope that she does because she clearly has character and charisma and every other aspect of that down pat it's just this other area that she needs to focus on. And I hope she does that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, like I said, I, I love Leva. I think she's so cool when I've met her. She's always super nice. You know, she did the video game thing at Last Starcast. I will have to say, I a lot of times in wrestling, I forget to separate my personal feelings, <laughs> you know, based on talent. Like, I love the Dark Order. And people are like, well, I, I hate this and this. I'm like... Well, when I met the Dark Order, they were freaking awesome, <laughs> and they, they, they were like, I, they can wrestle, That that's one, they, they definitely can wrestle, but they were like awesome and nice to me, so I'm going to root for the Dark Order, because they're people I like. Well, this is the case, it was like, huh, I really like Leva, but that was terrible, <laughs> you know, it's like, I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to say that, because I like her, she's... Always, like I said, always nice, always hospitable to fans and stuff. But, yeah, it's like if, if, if I got to be realistic. That wasn't a good match. Uh, maybe run it back in a couple weeks. <laughs> maybe do something. Yeah, try it get, again. Yeah, give her another shot. But that time did not land where we wanted it to. It was not the quality. Honestly, the quality we've seen from AEW matches.
1: That's totally fair. And I cannot wait to see who they have Nyla up against with next. Because I feel like that's going to be a lot of fun. And same thing with Leva. You know, I'm excited to see her grow. And that's the great thing about this company is that there's always room for growth. And it's going to be really great to see that pay off when we do see improvement there. But one match we didn't need to worry about any of this with was the last match of AEW Dark. And that was the Young Bucks with Cody with Dustin Rhodes, with Brandy, and MJF Seconding, versus Private Party and Stronghearts being Shima and T-Hawk. Now, the first thing that I want to say about this is that the second Cody's entrance hits, and you get the lights out, and you get the green lights, and you get him rising up on the platform, and then his song hits, and you get Pyro. Suddenly, this feels like a pay-per-view, and I'm just, like, in it. So that's amazing. And then, on the other hand... We also have Stronghearts teaming up with Private Party, which to me was insane. Now, I know people aren't as familiar with Stronghearts yet, and that's totally fine. But every single time they come out into the ring... It's going to be just a balls-to-the-wall thrill fest. And T-Hawk, the guy that Shima was teaming up against with, that dude has like murder chops. Like people think Walter has murder chops. This guy has murder chops. And I know that he was going light on Dustin because I saw that when he was chopping Dustin Rhodes. But oh my God, his chops are so painful. Anyway, this match was crazy because you have, like, this crazy dynamic of the Nightmare family, and then you have all of this speed and athleticism with the teams that they're up against, and oh my god, I just loved it. I will say my favorite part of this match, though, was the uh, sequences of that scoop power slam that Dustin Rhodes does. I legitimately mark out every time I see that move. It's so cool. It makes me so happy. This whole match was fun. What were your thoughts on it, Floyd? He
0: he hits the first two, and they're yelling, "You still got it!" And I think he hits the third one, and then he's like, "Hold on, hold on, I gotta take a break." I thought (laughs) that I gotta catch my breath. That's that's just a veteran, you know. That's a veteran. Of course, Dusty can wrestle an hour if he wants to, but it was just like, it was very funny. You know, dark is more of a light lighter episode, which is cool. And then he hits the uh, next power slam. And, you know, uh, it was great. It was like, I, I don't like multi-man matches. I've been very clear with that. AEW and uh, AEW and to a lesser extent, new Japan has found a way for four on four matches to work for me. Where I'm entertained. And this one was just a sprint. It was just like everybody get your shit in. Everybody jump over everything. Private party looked amazing. Dustin was kind of the star of the match. If you were looking at the match, Dustin was the star. He gets the pinfall, and it's like it was great. It was fun. Nobody got buried. It was just a good, it, it was just a feel good match. It's just the way, sometimes the way wrestling is just supposed to make you feel.
1: Absolutely, man. And the greatest thing about this type of match is that it gives you this fiery main event that feels amazing. And you sort of forget that you're watching AEW Dark. And I think that for me, that's both a blessing and a curse of AEW Dark is that AEW is so thrilling in everything that they've done that when we have those moments where it doesn't work right on AEW Dark, there's a lot more criticism levied at it because it's not as polished, it's not as professional as it should be and could be. But we got to remember, we're watching Dark matches here. We're watching WWE house shows. You know, this is where people get to practice. This is where there's a little bit more time for creativity and fun. And sort of different dynamics. I mean, Joey Janela and Kenny Omega. That happened on AEW Dark, and literally because of the response to it, they ended up putting it on the card for another show. I mean, that that's really awesome. But I think that you know this is where we get to have those fun moments, those great moments, and then occasionally we have these little sparks of life that make it feel like a main event that's really fun.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. It's uh, it came down to. It, it's just funny because it's like you look at the Bucks, Cody and Dusty. If this was, I will just use the New Japan as an example. Cody gets to win, of course, right? Because he's heading into a title match, right? That's who would yes. get to win. It would. That's who we get to win. He would pin whoever he's pinning because they're trying to heat him up. But that entrance from Cody, and I've drove this home a lot. He is the biggest star in the company now. Yes. You're like, if you're turning on for the first time and you're watching, you see all four, the three of the entrances, you got Cody coming up, smoke, fire, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's coming out. And then you got Dustin comes out to his music, which Dustin's music's great. And you got the Bucks coming out with the money out coming out. You're like, oh, so that Cody guy's the main guy in the company, right? <laughs> that's just what you're going to say. And it's just – and it's great because, you know, that's what we're building up to in Full Gear is him being the biggest guy in the company. But let's just say he doesn't win the title at Full Gear. They need to make – they need to figure out a way to make other people look just as big as him.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. And, I, you know, I think that they're working on that right now, especially yeah. with what happened on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday – They've got a lot of people and pieces moving in that direction. So let's talk about what happened on Wednesday. First, we're going to talk about the card. Then we will talk about the whole epic showdown that was absolutely amazing and felt like that legendary wrestling show like you had to tune in next week for. I love that feeling so much. But before we get to that, let's talk about The card. So it opens up. We open up with AEW Dynamite, by the way. Not with entrances. Not with Welcome to the Show. We've got Private Party in the ring. They are starting and it is going. And that already sets the tone that, oh my god, this show is going to be balls to the wall. And it absolutely was. So the first match of this card was Private Party versus Lucha Bros for the AEW Tag Team Tournament semi final finals this match was absolutely wild and the greatest thing about it was that I had no idea who was going to win this match I love feeling like I don't know what the outcome is going to be I love feeling like private party could have won this match and this match ended up being yet again one of my very favorite matches of this year six months ago I had no idea who private party was on Wednesday night I was watching a dream match between private party and the Lucha Bros, and they absolutely delivered with explosive energy at every turn.
0: Yeah, um, this match was—I uh, you know—to compare compared to NCAA, uh, there was a fifth, 12 seed that gets into the next round, and then they have to play another big team, and it's just like, well, we won the first game, we're going to come out on fire, and then they get out there. And this other team, has, who's now taking them seriously, is prepared for everything they do. So, like, in the first minute, I don't know if you remember this, everything Private Party went through, went for, Lucha Bros were, like, one step ahead or just stepped out of the way. And it was just like, I loved how they were building that these veterans, unlike the Young Bucks, are taking these guys seriously. Therefore, hey, we've watched your matches. We know what you do. And then young, then you have private party who was super athletic. You know, at some point that just took over. That
1: is a really astute observation. I hadn't quite picked up on that, but you're right. The whole thing with the young bucks was that they were disregarding them as like the the people that they brought in, and like, okay, well you guys are great, but you're too green, you're too new. We're gonna stomp it, and then they got the upset. But you're right in that the Lucha Bros studied them and took them seriously. I really, really love that.
0: Yeah, yeah and it was just like, and it's something I've learned, low notice from AEW, and I and I actually see this in a lot of independent wrestling that, you know, you know, the idea, sometimes when you watch other companies, like, you'll see Braun Strowman running around the ropes, and you're like, well, dude, why would you get up? You know what happens when Ron Strowman <laughs> runs around the ropes, <laughs> why would you get up, you know? And it's like other companies, they're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I know when this happens, this is what you're going to do, so I'm going to get out the way. And that's what the Lucha Bros were doing, like, for that first minute. It was like first couple minutes. It was like, they would just get out the way. <laughs> you know, like, we're not going to let you do the stuff we know you love to do. And then, you know, of course, Private Party had to adjust, and it was just a very good match, and – Everyone I know, everyone I know just was like tweeting, just like, oh, my God, this is how you start a show. Because with the cold opening, you know, everyone's like, well, you're kind of missing out on your branding. But their brand is great wrestling. That's the brand. And you know what? You got that from the very beginning of the show. This match kind of took my breath away. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I zoned out just because it just seemed like something was always going on.
1: The great thing about how they opened with this is that it sets a tone that you can't miss a second of All Elite Wrestling on Dynamite. You can't miss it because you're not going to have 20-minute boring promos. You're not going to have self-serving, grandiose um, you know, vignettes that are coming out that don't have a reason for it. Every single minute of this show is something worth paying attention to. And I think that that's a great way to set the tone that... Even, you know, from, from the beginning to the very end, there is always something to grab your attention. I was out of breath by the time this show was over and I didn't even do anything. <laughs> I was just standing up and freaking out and yelling and like typing on Twitter. But it was so exciting and so exhilarating that there was an adrenaline rush. And I love that feeling every Wednesday night.
0: Yeah. And you know, and you know, something else I've noticed is the private party always hits the gin and juice. That's their finisher. Uh, but they never hit it on the right guy, so it's like perfect for their youth. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, like Pena was the main. Uh, was the legal man, but they hit it on Ray Phoenix and, and the ref and the ref and you know Isaiah Cassidy. We were all like looking at each other. He's not the legal man, and it's like that little hesitation within the next couple minutes, or within like the next two minutes, Lucha Bros had won. They hit their finisher, but they hit it on the wrong guy. Oh, you can't hit it on the wrong guy.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, that was a fast-paced
0: action yes, match, yes, or action-packed
1: was. match. Uh, Lucha Bros take the win there. They're going to the finals. Next up, we had the second semifinals match, which was SCU, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian versus the Dark Order. Now, this match, I am admittedly going to have to watch again, because I loved the match. I loved the action in it. I loved uh, Scorpio's dropkick. Um, I totally thought that the Dark Order were going over on this one, and I was so surprised and very happy to see that SCU won, but we had a bit of a distraction in this match, and I'm starting to feel like I'm in the minority on this, so I'm just going to express it anyway, (laughs) but I couldn't stand that we had Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle coming through, and the The camera keeps cutting to them while they're walking through the crowd, and then they come back to the ring, and you see that everyone in the crowd is turned back to look at Jericho, and I'm just like, there's a semi-final match happening right now where the stakes are really important for both teams. Can we do this later? (laughs) But... I'm sure there's a payoff, and there was, but that was just my little thing. It wasn't a huge hill that I'm going to die on, but it was something that I had to mention that it drove me crazy when I was trying to pay attention to this match. But I kept getting sidetracked by Jericho, so I'm going to have to watch it again because I know that there was so much that I missed, even though the match itself was really fun.
0: Yes. um, When I'm looking at that match, I actually agreed with you. Definitely at the time that that happened, I thought I was taken away from the match, but... If you I from listening to a bunch of the shows, I'm not going to do this on this show because I honestly think it's mo' boring most of the time. But they were doing the breakdowns of the ratings. Guess what segment on the whole show spiked the ratings?
1: OK. Well, I'm not an advertiser or an executive.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, like I said, it's boring. It's boring. Yeah. It's not something a fan should honestly really care about. But I was reading it and it said, and someone's like, yeah, they, they had a huge spike during the Dark Order match. And I was like, "The more like the Dark Over. And then I thought about it and I was like, oh, Chris Jericho showed up. And Kevin Nash, just to throw this out there, Kevin Nash said, I was I was just watching TV and I turned it on. The only two times I turned it on AEW is when I heard Chris Jericho was on there. Think about how many people are okay,
1: like Okay, well, there you go. That's. Yeah. That's a huge impact.
0: Yes, that's a huge impact. Uh, But, yeah, it's like Dark Order's over. So now, like people in the arena might not have been paying attention to it, but all those people that they got to turn on the channel for that segment because Chris Jekyll was on there got to see the Dark Order. Maybe we get some new Dark Order fans. Maybe we get some new SCU fans out of it.
1: Well, there we go, Chris Jericho, man, he's a freaking draw.
0: He is abs- he <laughs> he is absolutely a draw. I mean, Tony Khan was very he's been very clear that they he loves the elite, but the most important piece in him signing yeah. the reason he could start the company, the reason he could sell the company was signing Chris Jericho. He was around yeah. doing the Attitude error. He was, you know, he was around, you know, when the war started. He was there for the Attitude error he's he's a lot of people the laps fans he's a lot of their connection to wrestling yeah
1: absolutely and you can't understate that because there are people who um don't even follow the elite or new japan or whatever i mean it's hard for us to realize how much of a niche that is when we all exist in our bubbles of fans that all get to talk about how exciting each show is or whatever but there's a lot of people people in the world who know of wrestling and think it's John Cena or think it's Jericho or think it's Stone Cold and the Rock still. And that was 20 years ago. So having Chris Jericho be the thing that people see, that is not something where, oh, this dude's almost 50 years old, why is he still in the ring? He's still in the ring because A, incredibly talented, B, that dude could get a rock over, and C, he is drawing in millions of people who wouldn't otherwise be watching because his name is attached to it
0: yes and uh when it comes when it comes down to it he's like yelling and he says come on dark order you know he's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that's a rub man because everybody's like oh well chris jericho's rooting for the dark order should we be paying attention to them it's just one right? of, it's just one of those things so yeah um but uh yeah uh we're watching this match and Uh, Let's see, who, uh, you know, SCU won with the SCU later, which is, I didn't know that was their finisher because I always, the best smelter ever is what I always associated with their finisher. But it's like the Gordy special into a knee and it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting finisher. To me, it's kind of a weak finisher, but hey, you can get anything over in these days. The Dark Order takes their first loss, which you know, broke my heart because I did a bracket with my friends and I picked the Dark Order to be in the finals.
1: I'm sorry, Floyd, but hell yeah, the Dark Order lost.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> old, old Stu Grayson, he did this. He jumped over the post. And I think if, if you're watching the show, it's the left far corner. And he just, like, jumped over it. I think a lot of people, I, I did see a lot of people come out with some respect for how they worked. Yes. They didn't like the Absolutely. spooky lights off, all that kind of stuff. But they work really, really well. And if you just pay attention to the wrestling, they're really, really good. And then I found out uh, Evil Uno is like 254 pounds. I would have guessed more. I would have guessed Dang. more. Dang. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I remember meeting them. He's significantly, I just thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah, he is quite a bit smaller than I am. Because I'm fat. You know, I have no problem saying that. It's not derogatory to me. I don't care. So, yeah, but, yeah, he's quite a bit smaller than me. So I was like, yeah, he is about 254. That was just a fun fact that I found out today.
1: Fans were certainly dazzled by the dark quarter because there was a lot more people talking about them and rooting for them on Twitter than I've ever seen before, so that was awesome. It was great that SCU won, though, because now we have a tag team tournament finals Featuring the Lucha Bros and SCU, which is going to be lightning in a bottle. It's going to be absolutely insane and amazing. The match that came after this, though was also really great. And this was Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. Now, this is sort of a part two for them because they had just had sort of an unsanctioned hardcore match on AEW Dark, which is probably their best AEW Dark match so far and will probably end up topping the list of their best Dark matches for the year. It was really, really good. But this was interesting because we just saw that match a week ago. So going into it, I was certainly thrilled to see Kenny Omega and Joey Janela again. But I was like, man, like, what are they going to do? Like, we just saw this match. Pleasantly, I was very surprised in that they didn't have a hardcore element to this match. Once again, we got to see Joey Janela wrestle. He is a fantastic wrestler. And commentary was very quick to point out that he has a huge skill set in ring work. And people think of him as the deathmatch, the hardcore guy. But he actually is a very talented wrestler. So we got to see Kenny Omega, who is one of the best wrestlers in the world, really tear it up with Joey Janela. He gave the most vicious V-trigger I have ever seen. And Joey Janela gave the greatest sell of the most vicious V-trigger that I have ever seen. This was amazing and will probably be gift Millions and millions of times on Social media this will be One of those like Iconic images from All Elite Wrestling which is that V trigger That sends Joey Janela through the Ropes he's hanging backwards With his arms dangling behind him Completely limp and you think he just Killed him it was amazing
0: I thought I said that was The best sale of a V trigger I've Ever seen New Japan uh, Indies Anytime I've seen Kenny Omega, that was the best V-Trigger. And it was just like the first one there where I was like, okay, that showed you the impact of the V-Trigger. And it was like, I know everyone can sell it like that. It would come off very, very staged and fake and stuff. But Joey Janela took that sale to a whole different level. To me, it was like the first time I saw The Rocks get speared by Goldberg, and he did a flip. And I had never seen anybody do the flip when after the spear. For him... It, it was that it was like this, him laying out limp was the rock flipping of all sales. And it, it completely made that V trigger so much more over.
1: Oh, it was so, so good. And the crazy thing is too, is that Joey Janela is the hardcore guy. He is the death match guy. The dude takes thumbtacks on his back on a regular basis. And he got like knocked to oblivion. And sold that amazingly for the V-Trigger. If the guy who can take all the pain in the world gets laid out flat like that from the V-Trigger, that just elevated the V-Trigger to a spectacular new level that even Kenny Omega would love to have.
0: Yes, and we have to uh, do a call. You know, it's a callback to earlier in the show. It takes two to make you look amazing. You need a right dance partner. And a lot of people might have threw away that match, but... Everyone's talking about that spot. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so, it was amazing. Yeah. I, so uh, Joey Janela, yeah, definitely. That my last point is, yeah, he he looked really good in that match. My that favorite. he did. It's my only like I've only seen him in two non horror two non horror matches, and that was my favorite that he's been in.
1: He was so good, and and also it makes me really excited to see him more. Because I'm not a deathmatch hardcore f- person. I will tolerate it with AEW because they do it in a way that still looks safe. Even with thumbtacks on a back with a skateboard, it still <laughs> looks safe. But um, I don't really like deathmatch wrestling. And so, um, you know, with Joey Janela, like he hasn't quite completely clicked for me yet. But these two matches with Kenny Omega, I finally got the full picture just like with Darby Allen when you get to see his skill in wrestling when you get the full picture of someone and you really see the kind of talent they have i'm excited to see him in the future i cannot wait to see what they have in store for him um the next match that we had was the young bucks versus the best friends now uh, these are both
0: i was like yeah we are going through the card for she said that okay
1: Yes, these are both teams that I absolutely love. So I was like, who am I going to root for here? I love Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. and I love the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks really came out and started doing their kind of heelish antics. But my favorite part of this match was when Chucky e. T ends up hitting his finisher that no one has ever kicked out of ever. He hits his finisher. I think it was on Matt Jackson. And Matt kicks out. And he goes no one kicks out of this move. And commentary was like, no one kicks out of this move. And at the same time, my husband's like, no one is kicked out of this move. And I just, I loved that part of the match. I love Chuck E.T. love his antics. This match is a lot of fun.
0: Yes. Um, I, I thought it was the opening where you, uh, orange Cassidy kicks them both. I thought that was cool. He is super <laughs> yes. over. He is super yes. over. I don't know if it's just that all the shows have been on the East coast, but he is so over, and then they super double super kicked him, which was great. They then had, uh, you know, they had a really solid match. They've worked together a million times, and you can tell because everything is smooth. Everything was where they were supposed to be. It was just, it was, it was perfect. More bang for your buck. I like that they got that over, that, that they can finish people with that. It doesn't always have to be the Meltzer driver. So I thought that was cool too.
1: I just love that this match felt like a Young Bucks match. It felt like a Best Friends match. We got the high mom spot from Chuck E.T. where he's talking to the camera. We got super kick parties. We got crazy high-flying moves. Like, I love matches that just feel fun. And I love how at the end of this, then the Young Bucks accepted the challenge from Santana and Ortiz... And now they're going to be wrestling them at full gear. And oh my God, that match is going to be electrifying and fun to see.
0: Yes, definitely. It it is going to be electrifying and fun. They're they're going to try to kill each other and it's going to be great. Absolutely.
1: But please don't die, guys.
0: Yeah, please don't (laughs) die. I I just know how they are. They're all out.
1: Yes, 100%. Um, so next up, we've got Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter. And Jamie Hayter comes from stardom. I believe she tags with B Priestley. So there was already an undercurrent of storyline between the two because Britt Baker, as we know, is feuding with B Priestley. So she's mixing it up with B Priestley's tag team partner in stardom. And this match was actually really, really good. It was refreshing to see... Britt Baker in a situation where she looked solid.
0: And she looked like a star for yes. the first time all the time. This was pitch perfect. It, it was, seemed like they heard all the complaints. And they said, okay, we know how to fix this. We're going to have everybody with terrible towels. We're going to have her come out with a mascot. You know, She's going to smile a lot more, which she did, and actually look happy to be there, which... Was one of my complaints about her in previous matches. And we're just going to have her win. We're just going to. Jamie Hayter looked great. I'm not taking anything from her. But this was about putting over Britt Baker and building up the storyline with Bree Priestley.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it obviously helps that they're in Britt's hometown and she's winning. She's looking like a star. But this is the Britt Baker that I've been so excited about since they announced her contract with All Elite Wrestling and I again this kind of goes back to that sort of improvement right like if you see stuff that is is coming at you as far as reactions go You can always sort of disregard the ridiculously toxic people or the people who aren't going to like anything you do no matter what. But if there's a groundswell of the same type of feedback, if you take that feedback and you hone it into something that improves in those directions, that can elevate you so much. And it was fantastic to see that Britt Baker did exactly that. And now I cannot wait to see her next match because this is the Britt Baker that could be the front of the women's division of All Elite Wrestling. This is the Britt Baker that could be in a position for the world title. This is the Britt Baker that we want to see and this is the Britt Baker that I absolutely believe in.
0: Yes, and I—I I mean, I'm not going to question her booking because I—I know they look long term. But I would have loved Rick Baker to pick pick up a couple match wins on dark match, and then have the match here. Because, good lord, I wouldn't have known who to root for. You know, she yeah. came out and like I said, it was just like there was the the it factor was all over. And I know she was at home, so they probably had a lot more to do with it. But it was just like. Oh, you look approachable. You look like a star. You look, yes. you look, she looked great. As all the negative things I've said about her over the last couple shows, it be, it's like I'm saying nothing but positives because Hater was perfect. She was a perfect dance partner, partner. You know, there was no clunkiness. She made her look good in the match. I'm not saying the match was like some five-star match, but it was what it needed to be.
1: Yes, and it takes two to tango, and they tangoed beautifully. And then we got a really interesting situation with Brandy Rhodes that I think may have flown under the radar for some people because it happened so quickly. So there was this backstage uh, interview situation where I think it was uh, Jamie Hayter was being interviewed, and Brandy comes and knocks her out of the way, And then glares at the camera and then points her finger incredibly menacingly at the interview. I've I've forgotten her name. I'm sorry. At her face. And suddenly she's looking like a psychotic, angry, vicious villain. But only for like three seconds. And we're all left going, what? And then she posts on Twitter, don't touch me. And everything goes red on her profile. And, like, I don't know what the hell is going on with Brandy Rhodes, but I am so excited to find out because she is a queen when it comes to charisma and acting. And if this girl is a full psychotic villain, sign me up because I am here for this.
0: Yes, and I feel like... I, uh, she posted this on Twitter. I've decided to take a break from accompanying my husband to the ring side. My inability to focus has been noticeable. I will not allow my my distraction to affect the biggest night of his career. At some point, have stopped dreaming and start doing. I have to wake up. So this was on October twenty first. This was two days before the show. So this was on Monday. So was this part of her waking up? Uh, you know, in my group, I even posted. I was like. I think Brandy's about to go full heel, so they separated her from Cody because they don't want her illness bringing down his time kind to of face. You know, he's the top, which is face good in, in the company right now. So yeah. it actually makes sense if she is going to go a different way that she separate herself from Cody. So I, lo- yeah, it- I'm looking forward to how this is going to play out.
1: Absolutely. The last thing I want to see is Cody Rhodes being a vicious heel and, or not Cody Rhodes, but Brandy. And then. Cody also being the top guy of the... Like, that's confusing. And I also don't want Cody to turn heel right now. (laughs) So, like, I I, I love the dynamics that they have. I love the acting and the talent that Brandy has. And I'm really excited to see what they do with this. And I'm really glad that they're separating it. Because Cody coming out on his own... I noticed, by the way, during AEW Dark, that he came out solo. Yeah, So... That was interesting too. So just separating that adds some some sort of undercurrent of intrigue. Love that. Um,
0: I was just gonna say from fight again. This is them addressing uh, a situation. Fight for the fallen and fighter fest. She was kind of playing a heel to Cody's face, and everybody said it was confusing. They made her go full face, and then they separated her and let her go back heel again to get rid of the confusion.
1: There we go boom and done. Uh so last match, main event of this show. We've got John Moxley versus PAC. And this match, oh my god, like oh my god, it was so good. It was, to me, one of the things that, like, when I was watching New Japan and I was watching the G1 and John Moxley and Ishii, they're both just stiff kicking and hitting and punching and making each other fly through the ring. But, like, really aggressive and really hard, but in a complete top star way, that was this match. But in AEW, this was the coolest, strong style match that I've seen. These guys are at the top of their game. They are both equals in the ring. And this match was so good. I wanted it to last forever. Unfortunately, it didn't. But I'm really glad that it came out the way that it did. Floyd, what were your thoughts in this match and how it ended?
0: Our first TV time remaining match, which was... It wasn't like 15 or 20 minutes. It was seriously like 12. It's like, hey, you got until 9 or whatever, or 9 or 10 or whatever time it is in your area to finish this match. They went really aggressive against each other, hit a lot of their big moves. I thought it was a really good match. And then it ends in a draw, which was perfect. Uh, A draw protects both of them, but uh, big fans still got a taste of the match. Uh, Wins and losses matter. Uh, They have... It is a part of their canning that draws can happen. And the time limit has been set up perfectly from the beginning that this is a result that can happen.
1: Absolutely agreed, man. And it, that's one of the great things about this is that it sets the tone again that expect the unexpected when you're watching aew when you start a show with people in the ring ready to go and ready to kick things off and fight and you end the show in a time limit draw where john moxley is attacking a referee with a death rider and you're just like oh my god what just happened that's amazing now real quickly of course we also have to talk about what happened with jericho and with cody and the whole payoff of this situation where Jericho and the inner circle, they are in the VIP suite. They're causing a ruckus throughout the show. You've got Sammy Guevara with the triple a air horns running throughout the show. You've got Jericho taunting people and teasing them. Um, Eating popcorn and just kind of heckling everybody. Cody Rhodes comes out. He's supposed to be giving a big announcement. This is something he talked about on Twitter where he said that he has something really important to say about the future of his career. Sometimes the most important things aren't the easiest to say. This has Twitter in an uproar of, oh, my God, what's he going to say? He comes out. Jericho interrupts him. Cody Rhodes is like, all right, I'm going to go up there. They have a back and forth. Suddenly, we have a new sort of faction, new stable announced where you've got Dustin Rhodes coming out. You've got MJF coming out. And then you've got Diamond Dallas Page coming out in what's called the posse. Now, they go up and they start trying to get to Jericho. Floyd, walk us through what happens once Cody Rhodes and the posse get up there with the inner circle.
0: Yes, I, I've been calling them I didn't you know, I did see them tweet out that the posse. I was like, they should just stick with Nightmare Family, that's what I was thinking. So uh um, but yeah, I thought it was uh one of those moments NWO versus WCW moments from the late nineties. I thought it was pitch perfect. You know, you got four guys, I got four guys. You know the the wild card, Jake Hager's out that way, so we can go you got four guys. We got four guys and it was a nice brawl. They got to the you know, they got to the dip and dots container and it was just it was it was a good it was a good brawl. It was a good brawl. It set up the warfare. It set up the four on four. Now, I even said I, I told I told Tiffany, I was like, It's almost like next week has to be that four on four match is the main event. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, because next week is effective, is it? It's not. A, I mean, no, no. We got two more shows. I was like, sixth is the go home show. So yeah, yeah. Th- and next week, whatever they do, it'll have to be the thirtieth or the sixth. You know, because you got to give us that taste of Cody versus Jericho, and you know, you got to give us that taste. You know, you know, something to get you know people buying tickets and getting ready for the ninth. So I think it has to be, I think it has to be this week, but they haven't really announced a lot of matches for this week. So we'll see what's going on. But I did think it was pitch perfect. I know a lot of people either turned it on this or kept it on this because of this fight breaking out.
1: Absolutely. And also in a very subtle undertone, we had Cody Rhodes take MJF's scarf wrap it around his wrist, and use it to punch through the glass to open the door of the luxury suite to get to Jericho. Minutes before that, we also saw that Diamond Dallas Page and Dustin Rhodes and Cody had flashed the diamond sign with sort of making their hand into a triangle pointing upwards, MJF did his pointing downwards and winked at the camera. So I think we've got some subtle interplay there, too, with MJF with potentially hinting at or at least laying some of the seeds for a potential heel turn with MJF, too, in the future.
0: Yeah, and it's like the more they do it, the stronger I feel like it's going to be a full gear. And you're going to see me with tears in my eyes on, you know, on the camera or whatever, because, yeah, I, I it's just one of those things. I think they can stretch out longer. I do absolutely like i i I fully expect mjf to turn heel and it's gonna suck whenever he does not no matter what (laughs) but i feel like you can stretch it out a little bit longer
1: we'll see we'll see man maybe they'll tease it in full gear and then they just come through and do it but we've still got a couple shows left to figure this all out and set the tone so you mentioned next week's show next week's show is going to be a halloween special so they have announced that they've got meet and greets before the show. They've got um, Rick and Morty masks that they're going to be handing out to the audience before the show. And then the show itself, we're going to have the tag team title match, the finals for the tag team tournament between SCU and the Lucha Brothers with the tag team titles being presented by the legendary tag team, the Rock and Roll Express. So this is going to be a very action-packed show. Not sure what they have in store with Jericho and the Inner Circle and the Nightmare Family or the Posse or whatever it is they're called now, but it's going to be an action-packed couple of weeks until we get to full gear, which honestly, again, I got to say, AEW is doing everything right here with building up the excitement to a pay-per-view, not making it feel like every match is just kind of there. Everything matters. Everything is exciting. You can't miss a moment of it. And now we're waiting until next week where we're going to have another thrilling action-packed show. AEW is freaking amazing, man. I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't feel like anything. It's just to get you to next week. Yes. Yes. It's like, if you win, there's a reason that person win, won at that time. You know, if you lose, there's a reason you lost at that time. I'm looking forward to, like, everything and how it goes on going forward. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely i am looking forward to next week. The Rock and Roll Express was one of my childhood favorite tag teams. Them introducing the champions. And I'm hoping the tag – I mean, the big thing has meant the Bucks is that tag team wrestling can main event. So, it's a new title. It's being crowned. I want it to go on last.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't main event this. They have to main event this. Yes. But it's going to be exciting to see. It's going to be exciting to share with, with everybody on Twitter. And I can't wait to hear your and Tiffany's coverage on it next week. I got to say, man, doing this podcast every week and alternating with you and alternating with Tiffany and just like getting to share in the thrill of this show is one of my favorite things in life right now. And I absolutely can't wait to do it again. This is amazing.
0: Absolutely. 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 It's one of my favorite things before because that was our little preview of Dynamite. Before we get out of here today, just want to announce we've been doing this for every pay per view. So gonna throw this out of there. Starcast on uh Starcast on Fight, Starcast four on fight, uh and um full gear. We're doing the combination again. Like, we ret- like, retweet uh this show. Uh you don't have to comment anything special, but go ahead and tag some friends in it so they'll know and we'll give you we'll uh give you the code to watch full gear on br live and we'll also give you uh the information to watch starcast for on fight tv so it's something i like to do for the pay-per-views because i know some people can't afford the pay per views. so we always try to get this information out uh there's going to be some big shows on the fight tv you can go to starcast on twitter to see the schedule announcements i've been retweeting everything out so just know you got a chance to win that way uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Amy, is there anything else from you?
1: That sounds absolutely awesome, and I cannot wait to see who the lucky winner is going to end up being because this is an incredible thing to do for a giveaway in the lead up to Full Gear and Starcast.
0: I, I, you know what? I love to do it. I love to make sure. Uh, One of the things is when people say, man, you're just a cheerleader for AEW, I absolutely am. I'm like, I'm I'm trying to be the head cheerleader. You know, I'm trying to get (laughs) as many people out there as I can. Uh, So I want everybody to watch it. Uh, You know, Amy, uh, Amy will be online. Her and Andy, make sure you're following both of of those, both of those people, because they put the most their Twitter conversations are the most hilarious things in the world. So they will take you through that whole Weekend, as we get into full gear, so I am here, and that was it for the show. So I'm just going to remind you whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.